Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, you were having tech problems before, though, but you seem fine now. Well, my power got cut off on the island. I have no idea how or why that influenced my microphone. For, oh. for a moment, I thought Milos was talking for too long, and I couldn't get a word in. Yeah. But No, I thought you just dropped out because of that. Cause we, I thought you just dropped out because of that because we went on a jack for a bit. No, um, no, no, no. I, it turned out you guys couldn't hear me at all, no matter what I said. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay, you dropped out. We weren't sure how to get you back in there. Um, I got connected, connected, but I can't hear anybody. I don't know if you guys can hear me. We can hear you. I'm going to leave and come back, see if that helps. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll start going then. So how do we want to do this? Because uh, I figure we should do the, the episode review first, but then we can talk about uh, con stuff because I'm back now. Um, and I have some. I was I was hoping we could talk about con stuff first because I've been waiting for a report from the from the con. Oh, of course. Yeah, we can start with that then. And while then, while and figures then we figures out his shit. The, yeah, then we can okay. go into the episode. So before we hey, get in, okay, okay, I can't okay. hear anybody now. Okay, so let me do our standard intros and stuff then. Uh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the B Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today I'm joined by Boris. I'm having. I'm. My mouth is full. I'm eating a cookie. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> That's my intro. That's my intro for this episode. Oh, I'm eating, motherfucker. <laughs> Midnight snack, man. Yeah, I'm the real cookie monster. <laughs> and Milos again. Yeah. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, so we are here to review one of do one of our uh, Star Trek Away missions reviews. Um, Tonight we will be reviewing Enterprise Season 1, Episode 5, Unexpected. Boris, this episode is one of four, Episode 4, because the first oh, yeah. one is a double I'm feature. Doing, I'm doing the two-episode count for Episode 1. Okay, sure. Um, so this was one of your selections. Um, yes, man. Boris, you, you, did request, though, that we, you did request, though, that we discuss the... Uh, the 55-year mission convention, which took place in Las Vegas last week, which I yes, was in. Yes, please give us your report, man. Okay, so well, you were there, so it's only you know. Yes, I was. Natural. We um, want to recap everything. I have I have never been to one of these things ever. Well, neither um, have we. Right, and this and Boris, you would you would have fucking loved this thing, if we could find some way to get you out here for one of these. I mean. I could meet you in Vegas. We could split a hotel room. I mean, it was awesome, dude. I will sleep on the street. I don't care. But uh, I'm used to I'm used to everything. But uh, I heard Garrett Wang was gonna be there, and I uh, photo with him actually. Yes, Yes. Um, I did, and I thought of you because he has said on the you're you're a fan of the Delta Flyers podcast as I am. You actually kind of turned me on to that, Um, and. He had said on some past episode of that that if you – they use that joke term warp particles sometimes. Yep. Um, and he had said on some past episode that if you made that reference to him at a convention, he would know that you listened to the show and whatever. Did you do it? Yes. Oh, absolutely I did. I, I went in there and they had like – the way the photo thing was set up is it was outdoors and they had like okay. a tent where you could go in. Because they wanted, you know, the people doing the convention wanted people to be able to, because Nevada, 
the state that it took place in has a mandate right now that you have to wear masks, masks inside at all times unless you're by yourself. Okay. Um, they wanted to be able to have people take photos with the actors without, without, the having, without having masks on. So they set up a tent outdoors and did all the photos in there. And they nice. had like the they had like the plexiglass partition thing between you and the person. But, you know, so okay. you go in there, maybe like 90 seconds, two minutes, because they really try to get people in and out. Um, but I yeah, to there, get as many through as possible, I guess. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're trying to speed through as many people as you can. Um, and I went in there and, uh, and you know, pulled up he he said hi i said hi i said warp particles and he went oh he was like oh yeah and we just started talking yeah. about the and he like gave me a high five we started talking about the podcast and shit and i said you know the fact that you and mcneil are doing this podcast has got me to start watching the show again yeah dude, I, i'm i'm gonna spread word you love wherever i can yep because i had whatever. pretty much i had pretty much stopped in the rewatch i was doing watching voyager at all and like between us doing this show and and uh and listening to that like that got me to start watching it again um nice. i did i did have one other photo story that seems appropriate considering that we're doing an enterprise show tonight so i paid for a photo with dominic keating and oh, connor wow. connor nice. nice and they take them together right like they take them as a pair right, right? you can also get them so photos that they took together Dude, with people. So I'm so envious, man. So I went in there. I hadn't seen either of them in like 20 years. Right, because I've never I've never seen them in anything that they've done other than Enterprise. Actually Dominic Kidding was in a ep- in a few episodes of Sons of Anarchy. If oh, memory serves me correctly. And he was somewhere else and I can't remember where, but it was recently, in like and last Connor, five to I, ten years. And I know Connor Schneer did a couple episodes of Stargate SG-1. Yes, he did. Yes. I don't think Michael. I've gone that far in. Stargate Atlantis. And yes. then he later did uh, Stargate Origins, I think. Okay. But yes. For yes, me, yes. like, uh, universe, he's my favorite universe, character. not Origins. Yeah. Misha. Yeah. But I, per- I first, like, I got introduced to him as an actor in Atlantis, and I really liked his performance there. Yep. And that was before I watched Enterprise. So when I watched nice. Enterprise, I was like, wait, I know this guy. I know him somewhere, but yeah. I can't put his face to it. And then so I, I was like, oh, Stargate. Okay. I go back into the photo tent for that one, right? Uh-huh. And they're both in there, and I haven't seen them in 20 years. They have opposite haircuts now, like Trenier has, <laughs> Trenier has really short, really short dark hair, and Dominic Keating looks like Brad Pitt. So, like, I had, I had a second of like, I don't know which one is which, because they look completely different. So the the person working the photo booth, and I was using a wheelchair for travel purposes, right? So they mm-hmm. wheel me up to the into the thing with the partition and i'm thinking to myself i want to say something to them they want me you know they the the actors clearly encourage that when you go in there but Uh, i don't don't know which one is which and i don't want to like refer to one of them by the wrong name and piss them off so (laughs) i just kind of sat there for a second and then keating punches me on the arm and says 
and don't sit there like a sack of potatoes. Just say something. And oh, I, dude, that's a contradictory <laughs> thing to say, man. It, it was Keating, actually. And yeah, my, but that, that's a contradictory yeah. on the Enterprise. Yeah. Yep. And in my, in my brain, I was like, oh, he has a British accent, so now I know which one is which. So then I, <laughs> so then I salvaged the interaction there. Um, so, oh, yep, man. and a lot of the panels were great. Um, the... The, the biggest problem, I think, and some of it was COVID-related, and I didn't care because it's the first one I've been to. I didn't really give a shit. But a lot of people that had been to a lot of them um, were upset because a lot of people dropped out at the last minute. Uh, right. Like like Spiner, Spiner canceled day of. Uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry Ryan canceled day of. Oh, uh, dude. Uh, but I mean, I st- the other thing is she sent like a Zoom video in and said like I'm still doing Picard, and if I left, I'd have to go through the two week Canadian quarantine when I came back. Yeah, and, yeah. and that would screw yeah, up yeah. the production much. Um, I did go to they had like a because the second season of Lower Decks started while I was there. Yes, yeah, and they had like a premiere party for it, and I went and. Uh, I didn't see it because there were so many people in the room and the screen they had was so small I couldn't see anything. But I heard all the, I heard all the jokes and I have Boris, you were the one who kind of pushed me in the direction toward that show and I did finish season one this week. And yes, I, finally. And I really enjoy it. It's a really fun show. How did um, you like the uh, Q reference in the last episode? Yeah, of that was season? great. I, mean, I feel like they should have done more with that, but maybe he'll come back again. Um, I hope so. I hope so. And I got to say, I mean, I just found the whole thing to be in. This is very this is very esoteric and this is very personal to me in a way. But growing up with a disability in America in the 1980s, right? Mm-hmm. Especially I, I lived in kind of a and I do have a podcast related thing I have to get out after this. Um, I lived in kind of a small town growing up in the 1980s and it was very isolating to have a disability at that age. And I sort of retreated and retreated into Star Trek at that age because it allowed me to believe that the world as a whole could be better than it was. And I saw that in practice at that event. Like there wasn't a single like jerky person. Uh, some of the stuff in the convention hall was hard to get around in and people helped me without even, I, and I wasn't going to ask people because everyone there was a stranger to me. I wasn't going to ask, but like people assisted me without being asked and just kind of like, didn't make a big thing out of it. Just like if I was trying to get up a ramp or something and somebody could see that I was struggling, they were like, okay, where are you trying to go? And just oh, would, so help, cool, man. would help me as far as I needed it and then would just go away and it wasn't like this pushy thing. Um, so I kind of saw the – in a lot of ways, I kind of saw the Federation ideal in practice that week. And where the, where, where my initial thought process was – that I would only ever go to this once and never do it again. My goal is now to do it in any year where I had the vacation time and the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. Nice. So, yeah, um, I think like basically when you look at those conventions, like you're talking about it, like giant group of people that grew up on this stuff 
and whether they set off like that, like you can't watch all the Star Trek shows without impact, getting impacted by everything that happens on screen. Yes, and exactly. The Star of uh, Federation like ideals, they're gonna mm-hmm. become part of your daily life, like whether yeah, you want I mean, it or not. And while whole- it might be like stifling the side of the convention area. Like yep. in everyday life, when you get a group of them together in the same place, yep. they can just be themselves. Yeah, you're gonna see that, like, you know, what you saw, or they're gonna help you with you asking, you know, they're gonna yep. check in on you or whatever. Yeah, and I had like random people that, like, where I random people, and there were a lot of people doing the cosplay thing, right? So oh, there yeah. were like people in the uniforms and people done out like Klingons and shit. I don't do that just because it's, you know, I find it harder to do in a wheelchair, even though there are things you could do. But at the, at the same time, it's also 110 degrees in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't want to deal with that. Like, there were people wearing stuff where I was just like, I don't know how you're not how you're alive right now. Yeah. It's so hot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, and there were a couple other things I wanted to mention. Like, the best panel was uh they did an enterprise panel and it was it was trainer dominic keating john billingsley and anthony montgomery and they were hilarious the the entire thing was quiet they were i mean uh one question and somebody asked this question fairly early and billingsley worked it into everything he was asked uh (laughs) he was the the moderator was like well, if they had done more of this show, what would you have wanted to see your characters do? And Billingsley, Billingsley just immediately went like, well, I would need more. Yes, yes, yes. And every, and every time he said anything, he would work it into that. He was like, well, you know, if it had been in that universe where Flocks had more sex, I would have done this. <laughs> you know? But yeah, they, they were the best panel at the entire thing that I went to. I didn't go to everything, but I went to a fair bit. Um, they had a, and I'm going to get a little personal here somewhat too. They had a, a concert thing where they had like the Nevada Pops Orchestra playing a lot of the themes and a lot of the stuff from the movies. And in between that, they had Anthony Rapp, who was on Discovery, uh, who is a Broadway star in America, Mm-hmm. He got up and he did like 45 minutes of singing oh, and wow. he was fantastic. Like if you can ever find anything he did on Broadway or in any sort of singing capacity, I would recommend it. Um, the moment that I had where I was like emotionally moved because of things that I had gone through in life was he did three songs that were, he dedicated to his dead mother who had mm-hmm. died of cancer when he was doing rent right and what i realize as i'm sitting there he starts to do these songs and you know i'm gonna out myself to some degree he starts to do these songs and i just start crying and Mm -hmm. i i'm not even sure why at first and then i and then i realize you know and boris you might know this i might have mentioned this to you at some point over the last year or whatever but during the the pandemic and the lockdowns and all that my wife's father passed away from pancreatic cancer. Yeah, yeah. And I realized as those songs are going on, these amazing songs basically about watching his mother die, right? 
and I realize as I'm sitting there, I didn't, I, because of all the other stuff we've had going on with the pandemic and stuff. And I was trying to be like the, the support guy. Cause my wife is going through hell while that's going on. I never had any sort of grieving process for her father. And it hit me like a brick while I was sitting in the sitting yeah. in the And I, I'm convinced the person sitting next to me thought I was a psychopath. Yeah. I was, I was crying, it, crying for like 15 minutes straight for no discernible reason. And I think the person sitting next to me was like, what are you doing? Like, why is this happening? Okay. <laughs> yeah, man, we get it. We lost our father to but, COVID. Yeah, like I know. We, we seven months about that. ago, and uh, you know, we watched him die, dying actually, and we didn't even know it. So we get. Oh it. God. Get it. Yep. But um, yeah, man. And that was great. And they had a bunch of the. What I didn't know is a bunch of the Deep Space Nine like supporting actors mm -hmm. are like classically trained Shakespearean people, right? Because uh, Casey Biggs and combs and vaughn armstrong got up and did a thing where they just they just did they just did bits from shakespeare for an hour <laughs> and it was and a lot of it was they did it completely off the top of their heads and it was it was awesome like even it if you're not funny if they did it as the star trek characters yeah there <laughs> there were there were moments of that and then they had the last night they had um I guess there's a bunch of them that do like lounge singing kind of stuff. And like a, a bunch of them got up and did a performance of that. It was like Casey Biggs, Combs, Armstrong, Max Brodenchik was there. And they awesome. just did, they did a bunch of like joke, joke songs about Star Trek stuff. Oh yeah. Like, they did the, uh, they did the, uh, the bit on the, uh, song on at the end of the DS9 documentary a few years ago. Oh, yes, they did. That's right, because yeah. I had heard yeah, that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I thought would be worth mentioning to you is there's going to be a Voyager equivalent to that. Okay. Uh, a Voyager documentary is being worked on right oh, now. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I know. I read the news a few months ago that they were doing yep. that. And I also heard a few days ago, I read that the uh, Robert Bertrand is going to be on the yep. uh, Star Trek. Uh, He's going to be on Prodigy. Yep. Yeah, on Prodigy. I was, yeah. I was in the room when he said that. Uh, oh, cool, man. And you got the sense that he was not supposed to say that because he was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm just going to do it means anyway. you're not supposed to say it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, um, he yeah. always was the guy who said things he shouldn't have. Yep. That yep. was one of the, I get, I mean, and that's not a, sp a particularly big announcement or anything, but that was one of the, the only real announcements to come out of it was that. And uh, the other well, thing, I guess. Yeah, maybe Chikora gets some uh, depth now that he's yeah. on another show. The other thing that came out of that was that um, Rain Wilson had a panel because they were desperate for big names when people started dropping like flies. And of I course. think they got they got him to show up the last minute and uh, he had said, not that, not that this is already a done deal, but he was trying to get his version of Harry mud on the strange new worlds. Yes. I heard that. I heard that. I read about it like yesterday or day before yep. yesterday I was in the room for that as well. And uh, those were pretty much the two big, because I guess the problem is that the company that does this convention, they had a working relationship with CBS 
uh, for many years. Mm-hmm. And so they would get access to the actors that way. And they would, they would be able to make announcements of certain things that way that it, that relationship no longer exists. Oh, so they're so I'm wondering how that convention will be affected in future years, but I'm still going to look at going again because it was a great experience and I would highly yeah. recommend it. I would highly recommend it for anyone who's even remotely interested in those kind of things. To do well, that. Milos, Milos, has a, Milos has a visa for USA that's valid for the next eight <laughs> or nine years, I think. Yeah, so man, if you want, if you want, you want to, to, to like 2029, so I got time. But I'm going to try to go next year if you want to... Uh, Meet me out there. Oh, we got like too much stuff to see and not even enough money to actually even get there. Much I know, less right? see the stuff that I want. So it's like, like I'm I'm at the place where uh, I can go. As far as like I have a visa, I'd yeah. probably have to see just what the COVID protocols are at the moment. Would be when I would travel like with COVID passports and right. Like yeah, I'm guessing whatever. But as far as like the of that I need to actually enter the state is like I got that. Like from that yep. point I'm, on, like I'm set. So like I'm only missing money, which is like yep. so I'm yeah, start, plus we I'm have another start. yeah John, sorry, but we have another problem because because we also have Euro coming in in like a year or so, so year and a half or so. So that's gonna present another issue because all our currency is gonna convert to Euros and who knows what life's gonna be like then. So yeah yeah. yeah. Yep, but I'm gonna start putting money away for next year, and and I'm openly recruiting people now. So, so yeah. it, it was fun. Um, hey, so did anyways, you get to see uh, the uh, Garrett guy, Anthony? Was it Robinson? Oh, oh uh, Robinson! I have a photo with him too. He actually gave me a, a ration of shit, actually, <laughs> um, because uh, well, I went in there. I had a I had a, a Garrick's, You know, like my wife found a T-shirt for. Uh, that had the sign for Garrick's shop on it. So I wore that the day I knew I was going to get a photo with him. But I also, they were selling, uh, the con company was selling uh, Star Trek Picard hats with the series logo on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, have a hat, I didn't have a hat on me, so I bought one of those. And I wore it in, for the first couple days. And I had it in one of the pictures I had with him. And when after we got the photo done and he, it was well-meaning like he wasn't being a dick, but I mean, yeah, he said, I said, to him, I said to him when the photo was done, I said, you know, you played my favorite character in all of star Trek, which is completely true. If you go back and listen to the show yeah. we did on the wire, you basically yep. hear me go on yep. for yep. 40 minutes about how awesome he is. Yep. Um, so I said, you know, you played my favorite character on star Trek and I just want you to know that. And he jokingly said, you know, then what the hell are you wearing the hat with the other guy's name on it for? <laughs> and I said, because they don't make hats with your character's name on them. Otherwise, I would have. Um, oh, dude. Yeah. And I, I, I should mention the uh, only because I think you guys more than anybody I know would appreciate. Uh, I did buy some like uh, souvenirs slash memorabilia stuff. Like what? You guys would get a kick out of a a bust of Saru from discovery, like a little like half statue kind of thing, uh-huh. Okay. which I didn't even realize until I got out of, I took it out of the box. God knows, you know, that's like the one thing as a collector you don't do, but yeah, I don't you really never care. take the stuff out of the box, man. <laughs> right. But th- in this case I did because I was living out of a book bag that entire week. Like I had a yeah. hotel room, but 
I had a hotel room, but given that it was one of those Vegas casinos, the hotel room was so far away from the room was so far away from where the convention hall was that I didn't want to take a half an hour each way to go back and forth a bunch. Of course. So yeah. like they give me this bust in this box and it's bigger than the bag I have. And I'm like, oh, well, I got to be able to carry the thing. So I took it out of the box and I, and you know, I'm just going to come out and say it. They charged me 300 bucks for it. Good which, God. Which, okay, well, it, gets worse, it gets worse though. Not with this thing, but other things I did get worse than that. Um, but, uh, so I was just like, and I've never tried to buy anything like that before. So I was just like, okay, this looks pretty high quality that this must just be what they charge these kind of things. So I get it back to my room and stuff and I get a chance to really look at it and it's signed by Doug Jones. Oh, cool. Which oh. I, had, I had no clue it was signed by Doug Jones. Oh, wow. When I, okay. when I oh, it. yeah. That's $300 kind of makes sense. Yeah. And I just bought it because I, I saw it from like three feet away and liked the design and stuff. And I was like, oh, I like that character. I should do that. And, the, you know, yeah, and then man. I also grabbed uh, a full like metal uh, model of the – and it's not huge. It's like enough that you could put it on like a table or something – of the Enterprise D for like 150 Nice. Nice. Um, and then I found a – a signed and like pre-framed like collectors collectors edition thing of a shot of Shatner and Patrick Stewart from Generations. Nice. With, with oh both, yeah. With both their signatures on it for like three hundred bucks. Okay. And then we get to the centerpiece, which and Corey actually plays into this a little bit. Okay. So I could, and she didn't go with me. I went alone. Um, <laughs> but um. So I go into the deal room one day, and one one guy has this like wall hanging like poster thing, and it's got all of the Deep Space Nine people's images on it, mm-hmm. and it's got some even got some of the background characters and stuff, and you know you guys Boris you at least know DS Nine is my favorite show yes yes so I'm gonna look at anything with that on it I'm gonna look at it more than anything else. So I'm looking at it. It's got all these signatures on it, which and it's a really cool like poster design too. And then Is I look it at the characters or the actors. No, it's got all the actors on it. Okay. Um, but they're in the but they're in the costumes and whatever. Like they okay. had, yeah. it had some of the Cardassian people on it in the full makeup and everything. Okay. Um, so then I look at the price tag, and it's fifteen hundred bucks. And okay. I go, and I okay. go. Okay. Okay. And I go, no, that's okay. I really like that, but I'm not going to spend that much. So then uh, Corey wanted me to get some stuff that I could put on our on the walls of our condo because I don't have as much as I, I've lived with her for 10 years, but we don't have anything on our walls or whatever that is like my stuff. It's all mm-hmm. stuff that we either did together or stuff that she did before I was around. Okay. So I ca- I called her the next day and said, yeah, I saw this thing in the deal room, and I explained what it was, and I said, yeah, it was really cool. Part of me wanted to grab it, but it was like fifteen hundred bucks. So I figure that's going to be the end of it. But she goes, and I- I'm going to paraphrase this. She's like, how the hell haven't you already done that? Get back in there and get that thing. <laughs> and I was and I was just like, okay, I will go do that. Okay, uh, just for reference, uh, fifteen hundred bucks is uh, my salary for like two months. Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay, 
Yeah, ju just for the reference. Then yeah. he makes more money than me because mine is like 700 a month. So 15 bucks, 1500 they can actually fly me to Vegas. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, actually, it's that, less than two months, but almost like a month and a so half. So that, like that. that was Without pretty much my, Then you're making more money much, than I am. That was pretty much my adventure in Vegas. Yeah, so, nice yeah, going, a, lot, man. a lot of fun. I think I'm probably, I'm going to try to, uh, I'm starting to put away money now to try to do it next year. Um, and then we're going to, she and I are both going to go on the, they do a cruise as well. Like it's basically a, one of those cruise ships that basically yeah, functions yeah, yeah. like a ton. We're going to try to do that in 2023. So that'll get my Jones out for that at least. But yeah, it was really fun. I would recommend it for anybody who has the ability to go do it. Um, you know, in a city like Vegas, it's not cheap. Oh, there is one uh, podcast adjacent thing I have to get out. Uh, just in case. Yeah, I was going to ask you okay. if you were going to mention so, that. Shoot, so I know man. you. So I know you don't listen to a lot of Trek podcasts. I know you said you don't listen to a lot of podcasts in general. But no, I don't have the, the time. Um, man. One of the big, one of the big podcasts in the community is one called Mission Log, yep. where they do uh, episode by episode reviews, and it's run by a guy by the name of John Champion. Who, this is the, the guys that name dropped you? Yes. So I've been listening to this podcast from day one. They used to be part of the Nerdist thing, and then they turned it into their own thing. And mm -hmm. they actually work for Roddenberry's Kid. Roddenberry's, oh, kid okay. has a, Roddenberry's Kid has a company that does, like, you know, they do, like, grants to scientists and stuff. Like, he's trying to, like, yeah, perpetuate... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to like perpetuate the vision, right? You know, yeah. and so, so this guy has like one of the ultimate like radio voices. I'm in a room where he happens to be. I have no idea what he looks like, but I hear him start talking. I've been listening to this podcast for years, right? So you so recognize go, the voice? Yeah. So I go up, I introduce myself to him. You know, it was early on in the thing. It was like Wednesday morning. There weren't a ton of people there yet because Wednesday was the first day. So um, I introduced myself to him. We had a couple of interactions over the course of the week. Um, one night, in fact, he was he was hosting something, and um, and we uh, sat down for like a between him having to go do something, we sat down for like a half an hour and talked about Trek and podcasting and stuff. And I mentioned that nice. we had this show and whatever. And so I ran into him a couple more times over the course of the week and had a couple conversations with him, didn't really think anything of it, figured, you know, maybe if I went again in the future, I'd see him again. We'd have similar run-ins and whatever. Right. So then I go and he does, his show does a, like a wrap up of the con. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to that Thursday, at, Thursday morning while I'm working, I'm listening to that. I'm in my office, you know, mm -hmm. and at the end of it, he, he lists off some people that he met. He lists off a bunch of people that he met there. And he mentions me, you know, because I'm assuming because I was probably, you know, we had some nice conversations and everything, but I'm sure he's, he's like borderline, like he's the closest thing to, in that community. He's one of those people that's like the closest thing to royalty without actually being an actor. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, I figured, oh, you know, yeah, we had a couple conversations, but he must have talked to 150 people. people yeah. 
Yeah. So not only does he, but I also think, and Brent brought this up too. He was like, yeah, but you were probably the only one in a wheelchair that he talked to the entire week. Yeah, (laughs) probably. Um, probably. Yeah. But then uh, not only does he mention me by name, he mentions this show by name. Uh, And then, so that releases on Thursday. I look, I happen to go look at our, like the analytics page uh-huh. where like anchor yeah. will tell you the number of downloads that you have and stuff and we usually average and i'm gonna get a little inside baseball here we usually average about 15 or 20 downloads a week um we had 140 overnight nice <laughs> nice so i mean i'll be curious to see how i'm guessing a lot of that was people that heard the name on his show. Yeah, and, I need to check it out. Exactly. Yeah, wanted to come take a look at us. I'm hoping a lot of those people will stick around. So thank you, John, for that. Yep. And uh, hopefully, uh, maybe, maybe we can do something down the road where we all get together on one of these. Yeah. Um, did you get to tell him that you've been following him, uh, uh, the podcast, since day one? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because I, because I mentioned that they were that I listen to them back when they were with Nerdist or whatever and he was like wow nobody remembers that anymore yeah that's probably also why he remembered you yeah so okay well while I've talked about myself long enough no um, man no no the, the, this was we lived precariously you actually yeah, had something man. to talk about so you yeah. know so, and you bring up Las Vegas yeah you know. and the, the lower decks party thing was fun I wish I'd been able to actually see it I still haven't watched the actual episode the second one the first two for season two are out now, um, and I yeah, spent first, yeah. first one was kind of boring. Yep. And I spent Thursday getting caught up on it. I I watched like the last four or five of season one on Thursday night. It was really mm-hmm. funny. I'm actually uh, Boris. I decided I'm going to get Justin for Christmas, and I mean he already knows this, so I don't feel like I'm outing anything. Oh right, yeah, right. we talked about this, yeah. Right, but I decided to get him uh, Picard season one and Lower Deck season one. <laughs> Yeah, for Christmas, because cool, cool. uh, he won't watch it otherwise. So I yeah, figured. Well, I'm, we both know he's gonna love it. So yeah, I at least so. the lower decks things. Uh, yeah, I Picard, think he'll like maybe not so much, but I think yeah. he'll like lower decks. He's made up his mind on Picard already, but I at least think he should see it. Um, agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. So while we're through that now, um, we are here, as I said earlier, to review. Uh, Season one, episode five of Enterprise, which is unexpected. Um, season four. Uh, episode four. <laughs> sorry, Corey just corrected me again. Well done, dude. Um, okay, so let's run through the plot real quick. So uh, this is very early in in Enterprise's runs. They're still doing a lot of the like basic exploratory things. Um, and they haven't met too many races at this point. No, I think this is like the first or second one. Yeah. Where- this might have actually been the first one. It's where the first they, one, yeah. Yeah, because the first, the first actual episode after the pilot was the one where they find like the ship of dead bodies, and then there's the one after that where they just go to the planet that makes everybody crazy, and there's yep. no actual alien. And this well, first, unless you consider the bacteria alien species. But, yeah, but like yeah, actual people alien. Yeah. This is the is first what we're one. Talking about here. This yep. is the first like first contact episode they have. Yes. Um, yeah. So while they're they're tooling along and they find that the 
that certain uh, things on the ship are not working the way they should be. Um, and I did just rewatch this last night. This was one of the, when I started that chronological rewatch last year, which was all going to be leading up to going to this con, I was hoping to get everything in before this con. Uh, this, I watched this initially back in February of last year, um, probably, and then watched it again last night for the purposes of this show. Um, I did like the bit at the beginning where Archer's taking a shower and, yes. and the gravity gets all screwed up. And yep. they had the, I think they probably just replicated the floating blood effect from Star Trek Six, but it worked really well. Um, yeah, so the, I, I actually like the fact because in 24th century they use sonic showers. Yep. And actually, the last episode, the episode of Lower Decks, had actual sonic showers in them as well, and it was a kind of a group thing. Oh, really? Because they've never shown they've never yes, shown that. They, yeah, they they've shown it like once or twice in Voyager. Hmm. Uh, there's okay. a Bellana Taurus. Uh, actual showering, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bellana yeah. Taurus had a shower and uh, Doc kind of. It was an episode. I know which episode it was. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into detail, but he basically contacted her to video call in her shower. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, and Lower Decks had a had a thing, and I like the fact because uh, Star Trek Enterprise is like early twenty second century, late twenty second century, whatever, and they still used water for showering. And yeah, I, yeah, I, like I did that. think that was neat because um, we were used to sonic showers already. So seeing something new and different, even though it's old and new at the yeah. same time, was kind of cool. So. As this goes on, they find, you know they're trying to figure out why all these malfunctions are happening, and they find that a cloaked ship is hanging out like behind them, but like sort of within their perimeter, and it's yep. like drawing energy off of them. Yep. So then they figure this out, and they and they uh, they contact them, and they're like, hey, you know, you know, we don't, and the the I believe the race was the Zerillians. Zerillians. Yep. Okay. So yep. they're all like. The Zerillians are all like, please don't kill us. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, so they enter into like negotiations and contact procedures with them. And Tucker goes over there because they their engine's screwed up, so he wants to go f- fix it for them. And there's Kinda a whole, has to. Yeah. So yeah, otherwise like, it's just going to leech off energy off of them. Right. So there's a whole, like, he goes through, like, there's some sort of thing about... Um, uh, their atmosphere was different. You had to like acclimate to that over yeah. time. Yeah, uh, I like that part too. Yep. Because so we, we don't ever see we don't see that ever again. Kind of. No, I really time. enjoyed that. Actually, I enjoyed the when he first gets on the ship. I enjoyed the way that was presented. And like, I didn't rewatch the episode before this, but he had to stay there for quite a long time, a couple of hours. If yeah, I'm it was mistaken. like four or six hours or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. Um, but I like the way they presented that. Like a lot of the three hours, the camera, three hours, the camera uh, stuff was, yep. The camera stuff was like intentionally distorted in a lot of cases. Yes, and yes, it, yes. I was yeah. going to mention the camera work was amazing in this episode. Yeah, I, I thought that was some really good, some really good camera work. They really went out of their way to make that make that ship look really different, even though if it's something that like yeah, like visually, like you're not in the same. It's, Completely different atmosphere. 
it's not gonna even look the same. So like we're gonna do our best job to portray that on camera. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna talk about the ship design later, the alien and I, I thought they did I thought they did a really good job with that, considering too that even though this is a new experience for that crew, I mean some kind of Star Trek show had been on the air for almost twenty years by then. There's probably nothing you could have done that the audience wouldn't have been like, Oh, we've seen this before, just not quite this way. Um yep. So then he has some, while he's over there, he has some interactions with one of the female engineers. And, uh, yep. And there's some early holodeck stuff in there, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, I love the I holodeck love, stuff because yep. to me, when we, when Milos and I were growing up and we watched Voyager, holodeck was my best part of the show. So I yep. like the holodeck stuff in this one a lot. But we can talk about that later. I loved, um, and I got a little laugh out of this when they did the scene on the boat. Yep, they were yeah. basically they were basically on the Great Link, which I didn't really think about until later. Ah, yeah, I didn't. Know, yeah, now that you mention it, I mean, sense. it looked just it looked just like the Great Link, and I was like, wait, which show yeah. is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely <laughs> wasn't. Is Renee over John Law going to show up and be like, get out of here, you're on my lawn? Um, <laughs> so you know, so he does. Trip does some stuff with this all-in person, and then he goes back to the Enterprise, and he starts to grow a nipple out of his wrist, and yep. everybody kind of looks at him and goes, "I don't know what that is. What the hell?" Um, so then he goes over. He gets looked over by Phlox, who determines that he is pregnant, and the yep. Zerillion has the Zerillion has impregnated him, uh, probably unintentionally because. I don't think she thought it was going to have that effect on a human. Well, we find um, out later. Yeah, we find out later that actually was intentional. So, oh, it was. I didn't it even really read that. Okay. No, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't intentional. Sorry. Right. Yeah, because she even says like, "I didn't think it would do that with a human." Exactly. Uh, yeah. I actually so, liked the fact when uh, when they told him like, "Why did you get? Why did you get it pregnant?" Like they all busted his balls for it. For like three yeah. minutes straight, and he just tried to explain <laughs> I was a diplomat the whole time, and they yep. just kept. I did like that, and I yeah, feel like fun part. I feel like Trip is very much the character on this show. Like, other than TOS, because TOS didn't really have like episodes about the B crew all that much. Um, with all the modern shows, though, they've always tried to have one character that like you put in the like shitty situations because your audience will identify with them the most. Yeah. I feel like Tucker is that character on this show. Like Tucker is definitely one. my favorite character in this whole oh, series. Oh, he is mine as well. By a mile. Like Same everybody, like love Bakula, I love everybody else. But for yeah. me, like Trip is, you know, especially yep. because, like partially because the Stargate uh, connection that we mentioned earlier, but like, Definitely yeah, my favorite character. Then yeah. Um but yeah, yeah. For me, he I like I think he's every every everyday man, you know. He's like everyone's he's basically for me, he's portrayal of all the regular people that are alive and wanna, you know, go up to the stars and explore the universe. So yep. that's how no, I see I him actually. I definitely agree with you. And he doesn't have like, you know, Archer early on at least has some like pathos because he's like mad at the Vulcan because like he's like my dad should have been alive to see this but you but you wouldn't yeah. let us 
for so long that my that he died waiting for it, you know. And also, yeah, also I think uh, Tucker is a lot like Jordi LaForge. Yes, but uh, in in many different ways. Yeah. So they're both like, I don't know, their portrayal of the audience in a way, I yeah. guess. And I I will credit I will credit two things in that particular scene where they're in the sick bay and they're having the the uh, dialogue about well how did this happen what did you do um, <laughs> the idea that talk me through the process <laughs> at one point at one point Bacula just starts laughing and like yep. you can see it like he does he hides it somewhat but you can see Archer like laughing he's like this is so ridiculous I can't believe we're but he does it in such a way where it's not like this is obviously this show's first attempt at comedy but it's not like and we'll get into there are parts of this that involve the comedy that i do not like um but this one scene where like you're acknowledging how ridiculous this whole thing is and archer's trying to keep himself from dying laughing <laughs> and then when to paul starts ripping tucker a new one for it he just keeps going <laughs> we were on a boat i didn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> And he says, yeah, like, because yeah. like when you look at when you put yourself in that situation, this is your like other than Vulcans, and I don't know if they had any contact with Klingons at this point, not they did. Like, well, there were Klingons this is like the first like first contact situation, and it's, well, yeah, you have no idea what's gonna happen, what to expect, and yep. it's like, and if somebody's gonna get pregnant, it's gonna be a female character, not a male character. Right, but it's like the male character. It's like really like you're in space, kind of on your own for the first time, and you have absolutely no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah, and it's ridiculous and, and it's funny. <laughs> the fact yep. that Archer is like laughing so hard, and the police is ripping him a new one. It's like realistic. You yep. can like okay, like realistic. We haven't been to space and. Can imagine that situation. And, you know, I don't know as far as like you whether you had contact with like foreign uh, nationalists or whatever, but it's like every culture is different. Yep. And like if you did any traveling, especially into a different culture, you're gonna get your foot stuck in your mouth at one point or another, and it's gonna be ridiculous and funny to everybody. Yep. Now, as funny as I did find that scene. There's some stuff later that, you know, and I don't fault Trenier. I think he did the best he could with what he was given. But a lot of the stuff after that, before the Klingons show up, where he's like, he's walking around, he's in the mess hall, and he thinks everybody's staring at him. And he goes, oh, right. and, has, yeah. he goes and has dinner with Archer, and he's like, he makes some stupid joke about like, well, I didn't go to Starfleet Academy to be at for, for however long to be a working mom. And it's like some of that stuff is so bad. It was like so like I felt like where the the first part of this where they're dealing with the first contact part of it was written really well. And then that that scene where they first determine the pregnancy is funny, but it's not in like a ham handed way. Kind of, you know, it's not like in this really overdone way. But then they dip into like he's in the engine room and he's pissed off at one of his subordinates because he's like this elevator thing might take somebody's fingers off what are you doing yeah it's like, yeah it's like their shitty ham-handed way of writing like trips hormonal now like yeah like okay yeah i think that was because especially because the pregnancy was so like fast 
You yeah. didn't go through like nine months of like hormonal changes, and then yeah. just try to stuff it in and be like, okay, like, yeah, if he was in that situation, like, how would he react? So it's like he part of that stuff really is like they could have done a better job. Yep. And I and think it, they were trying to like partially. I think they were trying to be like almost uh, stereotypical about yeah. it. Like, what well, would he they, go through if he was going through a pregnancy? You're right that I think they were trying to acknowledge and maybe make fun of the stereotypes a little bit, but it was just so like, and I think the problem I had with it was because, and like you said, it's an accelerated pregnancy just because of yeah. the way, they, but they tried to like jam all those jokes into like five minutes. And yeah. it was like, they, yeah. they probably wanted to leave room for the stuff that happens next, yeah. but if and, we're going to, and I want to digress just a little bit. With the sure. humor, I like the part with uh, Tapal and Flox in the uh, dining room area at the beginning when all the problems started uh, started, and we oh, had the moment with Flox and Tapal that we rarely get, and whenever we get because they're the only two aliens on board. Yeah, I thought it was oh. great. Oh, the whole thing about human food, yeah, that was a good yeah, yeah, scene. Yeah. I I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And then she orders carbonated water and, and he's like, gets a bottle of a uh, glass of mud. <laughs> yep. And I even kind of liked uh you know, they were having a they were having a debate about you know, Flox apparently really likes human food and she has like, you know, digestive issues with human food, so she and tries to avoid it. Too. Yep. And she like you said, she orders like seltzer water or whatever from the food thingy and just even the way Flock said, like, well, that's adventurous, isn't it? You know, like, even, even that <laughs> yeah. kind of got a laugh out of me. Um, so, yeah, and then... Yeah, so with all the selections you can actually choose from, you're going with, like, salt of water. Yeah, so, um, obviously, they, they run the pregnancy jokes for a while, which, you know, your mileage may vary, as we've said. Um, and then... Then you find out they start to go look for the Zerillians again because they figure, you know, we got to do something about this. So they find a Klingon ship just kind of <laughs> farting around, which the Zerillians are again drafting off of. Um, and the Klingons are completely unaware that that's even there. But they have yeah, the. They also have malfunctions. Yep, they have the same kind of malfunctions that Enterprise had been having. And Archer calls them all out. And the Klingon reaction is, you're monitoring our systems. How have you been doing that? We're going to kill you. Um, Typical you know, Klingon so stuff. <laughs> so it goes, you know, and then the, they kind of call back to the pilot a little bit in that, you know. Uh, yeah, the, when T'Pol steps in to defend Archer. I actually yeah. like the fact that Archer was so calm the whole time. Yeah, he and... actually keeps his head, which is something that in later seasons and later episodes, they don't do as much. Yeah, especially uh, because, and we talked about the uh, Vulcan Hello, about doing Vulcan Hello at one point. And yeah, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to do those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was uh, kind of surprised, like, you know, uh, T'Pol was probably aware of it, even though they, the Star Trek people haven't invented the Vulcan Hello toward Klingons yet. I think it would have been awesome to be able to see a Vulcan hello in this episode. Oh, yeah. I was actually looking back. Even at the time, I remember watching this one going like, 
why didn't they why don't they just because i mean by this time even when this airs originally back in 2001 um the klingon culture had been explored enough by the other shows where you would think somebody would have thought you know and maybe they don't have maybe earth at this point doesn't have enough experience with them to be like yeah if we attack them they'll respect it you know but you would think at least uh the vulcans would know even then like and this is well this is technically before discovery though so maybe yes, they don't it is before yeah. discovery but uh, i remember uh what's the name michael burnham uh, telling georgiou about the vulcan hello so it was probably because uh, they talked about how she talked about how Vulcans uh, learned early on when they first met Klingons to breed them with the shot over the bow. So right. they obviously were aware of it, but uh, the Star Trek people haven't invented yeah. it. Yeah, I think one of my and this is one of Which those I think episodes. Spock's looking at it now, but uh, yeah, this is one of those episodes where he's where Archer's fairly well written. But I think one of my biggest problems with Enterprise as a whole. And maybe if we eventually go do episodes later in the run in this, is that a lot of times Archer's written as a dope to satisfy the plot. A lot oh, of the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would agree to a point. There yeah, are a lot of, because it's also like Scott Bakula does such a good job as an actor that he yeah. can, like, at times, he can cover up for the bad writing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I a lot of rumors that he, you know, whether it's through some kind of holodeck thing or whatever, that they want to try to bring him back for either Picard or Strange New Worlds or something, that he might show up as like a hologram in one of those. Yeah, that would be cool. I would be for that. Probably something like sort of the whole, the way whole Enterprise ends with actually Riker being, yeah. watching the whole thing in the holodeck. Yeah. Or, oh. you know. Just just as a quick digression, we were talking about Lower Decks earlier. I loved the thing in uh, episode 10 where I think toward the end when uh, Riker comes on the Titan Bridge and he just goes, yeah, I was in the, in the holodeck watching the old Enterprise people again. It's, it's yep. pretty fun. Uh, yep. <laughs> they had a long road. They had a long road getting from there to here. <laughs> like, yeah. I was dying for that. And, yeah, you know, just wait till you see, till you watch this week's episode of uh, Lower Decks, man. Yeah, There's I a lot of record in that one. I'd love to get to the last two. Um, but but uh, yeah, speaking have... of the long road ho- home from getting to there to here, I got to say, man, when it comes to Star Trek Enterprise, the opening intro is probably my favorite. Really? I would have to yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. the okay, song. No, not no, not yeah, the intro song. itself, but just the song. That's okay, it for well, me. Here... Here's here's a like I watched it on Netflix, so you can yep. just skip the intro, right? And yep. every Star Trek show that I watch, be Voyager, be Deep Space Nine, I just came through. But for Enterprise, I left every single one, man. Just because oh, that song was like it just pumped me up for the episode. Yeah, and okay. it does really in like in my opinion, does a really good job. No, that, just like you guys are that's an opinion I've never heard because yeah. Yeah, whenever I talk to American people, they all seem to hate it for some reason. Yep. I don't know why. Gen- generally in America, I mean, I don't mind the like the the visuals of the intro. Like, I yeah, think that's- the, yeah, exploring being like this. 
Corey actually, like, yeah. when I when I did the rewatch of it, right, I was doing that at like between the hours of like six and eight in the morning when she was like doing stuff. Well, this is when we were completely locked down in our house. Mm-hmm. I would watch like four episodes a day, mostly when she was working. So like she would hear the song. And but she never she actually sat down and watched this one with me last night and she'd never seen that intro before. And oh, she really yeah. the she really liked the visuals of the intro, but I gotta tell you, that song, at least in this country, is almost universally hated as a as a Star Trek theme. I don't, I don't mind I don't get why. I don't, I don't mind well, here's the thing, like when you look at the number of episodes that you get for TV show, like, and most of the intros they do, but the only one with the song. So if like yeah. if you're gonna go through the intro, and like okay, first you gotta pick the right song if you're gonna put a song in there, and like mm-hmm. for me, like Voyager is always like nostalgic as far like the intro theme goes, but like Enterprise is just at the top, and yeah. there's like then there's the gap between everything else. That's how much I love that intro. Really? Okay, so you yeah. guys are uh, stand like that song. That song pumped me up. For I, every I don't episode. mind, but uh, so much I, more like general intros do. Yeah, I'm not someone who hates it because um, I, I actually do kind of like the divorce from it. I actually do kind of like the song, uh, like because that was a that was a pop song before. Uh, they rewrote. They rewrote certain pieces of it. Yeah, it was a Rod. It was a Rod word Stewart for word song. from the pop song. Yeah, it was a Rod Stewart song before it was used on this show. Yeah. So I yeah. don't mind the song. Corey makes the joke that you know because she would be working when I was watching because I start later than her, and uh, she was like, by the end of the you know I probably did the ninety-eight episode run of Enterprise in like two or three months, and she was like, by the end of that, it just. I, I hated it at first, and I kind of started to like it at the end just because it's like you get so beat down by it. You're like, oh, okay, I don't mind it so much anymore. Um, but, yeah, anyway, back from back to the episode from our massive uh, theme song digression. Uh, so at that point, um, Archer convinces the Klingons not to blow up the Zerillion because obviously they need them to – uh, extract the babies early in from Tucker. So exactly, he, he gets them to be. He gets the Klingons to like. Okay, well, how about we broker some sort of like technology exchange between you and the Zerillians, and That way, you won't kill them. Um, so I did appreciate the fact that it was a uh, non-violent solution, uh, which was some. It's not. It was some, a diplomatic solution. Yeah. Yep, it's not something you see all that often, really, um, unless it's Picard, in which case he's always gone for that. Uh, but yeah, I would say on average this this episode was actually pretty good, and I I, I like this more um, with the critical eye that we we tend to take toward things that we do on this show. Um, I tended to like this one more, with the exception of like that five to seven minute jag of pregnancy jokes yeah. other than that it was it was fine i actually quite enjoyed it yeah um, i liked all the parts on the uh, zerillion ship like the way they grow food the way alan uh, f- i mean the way she fed him water because they couldn't really make water 
as we know it. It was some kind of gelatinous form of water, which yep. was also new and unusual. I like the fact that their whole ship was kind of organic, even though it yep. might not appear that way from looking from the outside, which is also cool. And anyone who watched Farscape knows uh, organic ships can be cool yeah. and can be made cool. Yep, so, that, yeah. and, that might be the, the first thing I rewatch again once I finish this Trek rewatch because it's been years and I want to yeah. go through that again. Yeah, oh, likewise, and, I haven't watched Farscape in two. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I, yeah and Voy and the Star Trek kind of did uh, the uh, the uh, organic ship kind of thing once or twice. Well, once definitely. The other was what kind of being and whatnot, but uh, I like the fact that they kind of did it in here. Yeah. Even though they didn't fully explore mm -hmm. it, it was just. And weren't you know, the uh, weren't the species eight four seven two ships supposed to be that too? Kind of, yeah. They were organic in a way that they could uh, tele. I guess they could connect to their hosts or whatever the pilots. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh, I also like the, as I said before, the whole holodeck thing. The beginnings of the holodeck. What would later we know as holodeck? I like that. And I like the fact. And I don't know if you noticed, but every time they show Chronos in the. Uh, in the 90s series, it's always kind of green. Yeah, and it was the way they dark. Yeah, yeah, dark and usually kind of green and dark. And uh, in this episode, it was like snowy and uh, the sun was out and was kind of yep. cool and nice. I wonder what happened to Kronos in 300 years. Yeah, well, you're right. That's the only time I can think of where they've actually shown Kronos in that way. Yeah. Um, I love the one Klingon guy who's like, when they're in the holodeck simulation, was like, I can see my house from here. Yeah, I think that was the captain of the <laughs> Klingon ship. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, that so, was a fun yeah. little. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, one thing I've kind of found myself thinking after I, I rewatched this whole show last year is I think I was kind of unfair to it at the time that it was originally released in. I think, I think, it was a, I think audience didn't fully uh, respond to it the way they were maybe supposed to or maybe had to. And I think whether I, I think they could easily make a continuation of the series even now and just make it like several years after the series ended and just show us a bunch of stories from the beginning of the Federation or after yep. the Federation the, uh, began because they can still do it. And we've talked about uh, some of that. Yes, um, yes, before, yeah, the, many times. The, the non the non canonical book line actually did that. Uh, they, uh, you know, one of my biggest, I had some real issues with the finale of this show, and maybe we'll at some point do that. Definitely, like, I did as well. The way the that ended that the, it is the just they too made rushed. too rushed. The idea that they made it like a. It was all a holodeck simulation that Riker had a boner for, or whatever. <laughs> and then the way uh, he he was exploring a, a vital piece of uh, he was looking for something yep. for a piece of. But when you when you put it in context as why he was doing it, right, it really makes sense because it's built around the... it's built around the Pegasus. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and then the. 
the thing that happens. Well, I mean, it's it's a twenty year old show, whatever. Yep. Uh, the the death of of Tucker at the end was really stupid. Um, oh yeah, or at least just done in a really stupid way. And, and then the yes. the um the and the speaking as somebody who loves Tucker as his favorite character, I was like, I kind of understand it, but it's like so so stupid. It was really like, stupid. He uh, was really like, especially like the more show went on, he was more of a draw for me yep. than like any other character. And it's like, okay, I get why he did it, why he did it that way, but it's like he didn't mm-hmm. have to do it that way. He didn't the, have to uh, rig it to explode in a way, you know. Right. Canonical book line, as I was saying earlier, which I'm in the middle of reading because I want it. They're doing something later this year that's gonna. They did a whole side universe based on like, well, what if, what if we carried these stories forward from where all the TV shows ended? Yep. And that started years ago. It was before anybody had a concept of this Picard show or anything. Okay. And obviously, the Picard show kind of blows that timeline up. So, in the non-canonical book line, they recontextualize Tucker's death in that he he fakes his own death to go work for Section Thirty One because okay. they want they wanted somebody who would uh, go undercover as a Romulan to try to stop the Romulans from developing a better warp drive. Um, and it's kind of the like. They do like there's like six or eight enterprise novels that they do after that point, and his story is kind of like the the thing that goes throughout it. Um, yeah. Like it's him doing him doing spy stuff while the rest of them are dealing with like the early growing pains of the coalition of planets and stuff. Um, some of it's fun, but I mean, you know. Yeah, I think like if, when you put it in like comic book terms, I think you would be talking. Like Enterprise would be like year one stuff. Yes. Then yes you would exactly. want to see a year two stuff is like, okay, what happens now? Yeah. When you went or you kind of already went through some growing pains, but now you got like stuff to deal with. Yep. And I definitely think that um, they could have done with like another season would have worked to me. You could have shown like the, the Earth Romulan war and the, very Actually, I, yeah, I wasn't told that particularly uh, excited about the Romulan uh, Earth War, but because uh, they kind of, they kind of, it was kind of a retcon kind of thing. And uh, but uh, I would love to have seen other things. The books also told you that you know that the guy, the the person who was manipulating the Sulaban and the temporal cold war and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, that was actually the Romulans in the far future trying to like make sure the Federation never, never took place. Yeah, mm. that kind of makes sense too. Yeah. So when you look at it from non-canonical it, point yep. of view. So it actually, well, that was one thing that like I get that they and you know maybe this is also something we'll go do eventually, but that they decided to put an end to the temporal cold war stuff at the beginning of season four, which makes sense. I mean, do it. Do a season that doesn't have that, and yes. see what you really see what you really have with this show. But at the same time, there were a lot of things from that that they never bothered to answer. Yep, it was just like, okay, well, it'd been nice if this had been mentioned somewhere. Um, so, yeah, so that was our first real Enterprise review. Um, 
So hopefully, I think we'll probably end up doing more of those at some point down the road. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we want. I wanted to talk about the opening intro and the song too because it's yeah. our first Star Trek Enterprise review. Well, so. you, guys, you guys can be in the very small percentage of people that actually like the song. Yeah, um, we are, and we're <laughs> proud of it. So yeah, um, Boris, I know you had mentioned uh, you want to do to do a matter of honor next, so we'll do that soon. Um, I'm going Which to select the, uh, the one, the TNG one where Riker goes to the, the exchange program with the Klingon ship. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to select, uh, my next one at least will be sort of as a prelude to, cause we're eventually going to do Wrath of Khan. I mean, I know we had talked about doing that with the guys a while ago yeah. and that's kind of never, that's kind of never happened. So do you, do you want to do the whole augment thing? Yeah, but we're going to wait just because that's three and we just did an enterprise. I'm trying to balance them out some. So at some point, we're going to do that. Um, I mean, if we did the whole augment thing, it would be Star Trek Enterprise and the TOS. Right. I was going to leave. I was going to head TOS for uh, Space Seed. Yeah. 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 Um, that ties into the whole augment thing, I which mean, we can do. Of a, which we can do as sort of a prelude to, and I we still haven't scheduled the con thing, but maybe if I maybe I can talk to the guys too. We're wide open for whatever, so um, I know more of them would probably want to do con. It would probably be uh, me and Justin and Josh and and you guys probably um, for that. Uh, I think I don't think Brent had a lot to add to that, so I think it would probably be the five of us for con. Um, so I figure if we're going to do that at some point down the road, pretty soon, probably, maybe we should do space heat first. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I would really love to do like, if we're going to do the rest of Khan, I would just like for us to do like one episode where we discuss the whole augment thing and we could. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can do the, why don't we do the augment thing? Why don't we plan on doing the augment things at some point after con and we'll do like a long, cause it's a three episode thing. So we'll do a longer show out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. We could certainly do that. Um, okay. So great. Talk it to you guys. also ties into the whole Klingon thing and the way they look like and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, the, the affliction divergence yes, thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, I will get these, this one I'm probably not going to post right away. I'll probably post the free guy one first, of course, um, yeah. just because that's yeah. a more that's a more current thing that I just want to get out there. Um, yeah, yeah. So this one I'll probably keep in the bank for a week where we don't have anything else. Um, sure, but man. it's definitely we've definitely done another one of these, and uh, we'll get it out there. Yeah, so. I'm glad. That, I mean, this was a longer one, but we also had the whole uh, the. Well, the half of it was me talking about the con stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, wasn't this one of the first conventions uh, after the whole COVID thing? It is the first one that, yeah. it's, I know it's the first one that, that the company that put them on here, Creation, did um, in since COVID. And I mean, just for the, the uh, chain of custody here, I mean, I've had the tickets for this thing for a year and a half. Um, Lord. So like wow. it was the, I bought them in like February of 20 and it was supposed to happen in August of 20 and mm -hmm. obviously it didn't 
then they moved it back to December of 20, which I think didn't. <laughs> there was there was solid thought that it was going to happen back then as well, and it didn't. And they moved it to this past week. And uh, I was literally, and I, I know I probably brought this up on another show somewhere. I was, because there were, obviously there were actors dropping out of it at the last minute, whatever. I was, yeah. and appar- apparently Creation was, the, the company that runs it was uh, equally concerned about this. I think they were concerned that the state of Nevada was going to come in after it had already started and been like, you got to shut this whole thing yeah, down. Yeah, we're closing this whole thing down. Um, yeah. I, I was, my nightmare scenario was I'm literally on the plane to go there and then I get to the hotel and they're like, oh yeah, we didn't, we shut that all down. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, it, it went off. You know, and I'm pretty sure there were no, you know, I don't remember seeing anybody like freaking out about a mask or anything. I mean, they required you to have a mask on the entire time you were indoors. Um, and like nobody was a jerk about it or anything. I, at least I didn't see it. There were enough people there that um, mm-hmm. could have been that. I just wouldn't have seen it. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I would highly recommend anybody with any level of interest in going to something like that. Do it. Um, even if you don't. You know, you don't experience everything that they have there, depending on the size of the event. You know, at least you can say you were there for some of it. Um, they actually had a uh, a full recreation of the Enterprise, the original Enterprise bridge from the 60s yeah, show. Yeah, you mentioned they were going to have that, and yeah. I saw a picture of it somewhere. I took, yeah, you, I took, you post a couple of different I took, bridges. I, I took, like, three pictures of it with my phone, um, and they did have a thing where you could – uh, paid it was like 200 bucks to and I didn't do this but to have a photo taken on it with like Shatner because Shatner was there for a day um, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't do that only because the and I didn't realize this until I got there and I'm in a I'm in a wheelchair for the travel and the set had stairs on it so ah, like, right, I wouldn't right, right. if I had paid for the photo I wouldn't have been able to get on to the thing. So I'm kind of glad I didn't do so that. So they didn't make you handicapped acceptable. No, but I mean, the rest of it was. And if that one thing wasn't, then, you know, most of it was. Because, I mean, Vegas yeah. is kind of weird in that if I don't think they I don't think they go out of their way to make things accessible. But at the same time, they know that a lot of the the, the population that goes there for the purposes of tourism is pretty old. So yeah, like, you're gonna be elderly, so you're gonna have you're, a couple of chairs. That, yeah, yeah. You're kind of, if you're disabled and you're younger, like I am, compared to those people, I mean, you're kind of drafting off of the the stuff they do for the benefit of the elderly. Yeah. So usually, it's not generally a problem. I mean, a lot of my biggest problem was a lot of the casino was kind of built on an incline. Mm-hmm. So there, there, were a lot uh, yeah. of, there were a lot of areas that were like uh, on a on a slant and then like right. it's fine, fine going down i just had to yeah but sure when I, you have to go up it's <laughs> yeah and that's why i was also like living out of a bag because i didn't i didn't want to be like i don't want to have to go back to my room three times which means i have to go up that hill four times or whatever and it's like no um but yeah it was a lot of fun i would highly recommend it for anybody who wants to attend something like that um like i said i'm probably going to be and I enjoyed going alone, but I'm prob- probably also going to be 
starting to recruit people to maybe go with me in future years because it would be more fun to do with somebody. Um, you mean it, yeah, it's more point. fun when you have somebody to push your chair, right? Oh, no. I like the workout. <laughs> I, I actually no, it means it more fun when it's actually he's there with somebody he knows. Yeah, I didn't mind the uh, the workout of pushing the chair around. I actually kind of need it given how lazy we were during the lockdowns. Um, but, uh, you know, it was more just, you know, because I know other people that are into, into this stuff about as much as I am. It's just mm -hmm. nobody that nobody wanted to, you know, it, it's it's not cheap to go there and do that. So um, there were there were. There were some people I could have asked, but it's also not cheap to go to that particular city and do that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know. So yeah, but I would. It, it was a great experience. I would highly recommend it for anybody who was into it. So yeah, maybe yeah. one of these years we'll some, get. Sometimes uh, they have Star Trek cons or any geek cons. They have them in London and Berlin yeah. and uh, Paris. And I know there. I, I tried to go to BlizzCon once, but yeah, I was. It was not doable in Paris. This was like years ago. Okay. But uh, London yeah, I know is probably that, the best spot for like con if you're in Europe. I know yeah. Milos wanted to go to a con like a few years ago when he went to London. Because it's usually like uh, for London, it's they do some in Germany, but the amount of people, like actors and stuff, that actually shows up is abysmal. So yeah. like for for London, for a lot of actors, it's still an experience. Like you get to go, and it's kind of closer, especially when they're from US. It's like it's closer to go to London than it is to like Germany. And so like usually London cons, uh, I don't know whether they do any particular Star Trek stuff. Uh, yeah, but like I'd major cons, I think they probably do. But if, again, now with COVID and stuff, and with travel, and with like, uh, yeah, isolation stuff, and who has to like uh, quarantine for like two weeks, uh, I don't think cons in Europe at this point are like. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would think they're nowhere close to doing that right now. But yeah, probably. Yeah, I, not. I think that's like a couple of years away. Yeah. And well, thanks for joining me for another one, boys. We'll get these posted and. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I'll go watch a matter of one. honor. <laughs> I'll go watch a matter of honor at some point in the next few weeks, and we'll do this again. Yeah, man. Uh, right. We'll see you soon, and thanks for the uh, thanks for the report. Or uh, oh, absolutely, I knew you were stuff. looking forward to it. Oh yeah, man. That oh yeah, definitely. The uh, the errand I had we to go to live vicariously through you at this point. Nice. The errand <laughs> I had to go do before before these recordings was we went. We have a place here that does like professional framing mm -hmm. and i wanted to ah, go with, so you went to frame the ds9 one the ds9 thing and yeah. a couple of, a couple of smaller framing jobs of my photos with the actors and stuff i wanted to put those on the walls too yeah you're so, gonna yeah. put those on facebook or something so uh, no because i don't i don't have the digitals though i just take pictures of your pictures no man. i mean like if you're gonna post them like you're gonna put them on the wall just like take a Oh yeah, I'll take. A, I I won't have them for a couple of months. It's gonna take a little bit to get them framed and stuff. But once I get them up, I'll do that. Cause uh, yeah, nice. I nice. did a couple of months. Yeah, our our framing place is backlogged because they stopped doing. They stopped going to people's houses uh, during the, uh, the lockdown. Okay. And stuff. It's gonna be at least yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah. It's gonna be at least the end of September before I get them back. 
So, um, you know, something um, to look forward to. Yeah, you know, they got to do what they got to do for their own business, too. So Yeah, but, definitely, man. But, yeah, I'll definitely – um, I'll fo- we have the, uh, the Picard and Kirk thing here because they didn't actually do anything with that. They just – we asked them, like, what would be the best way to hang this because we have no idea. Um, so maybe – once we get all this stuff up on the wall, I'll take pictures of it and post them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, do it. So, all right, guys. Well, talk to you later, man. Take oh, care yeah. and yep. uh, you too. have fun. Yep, absolutely. Later. Later. Yeah.